This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. Sous chef. Sous chef. Sous chef. Sous chef. Sous chef. Here we go. In fact, I've got my uh, little Crocs on this morning. Oh, so you do. My little toes are hanging off the end there. Yeah, getting some sunshine. (laughs) It's a gorgeous day for (laughs) wearing your little Crocs. It is. It is. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. Not a cloud. Yeah. Um, i got to make up for my faux pas of yesterday. I was telling Charlie uh, out to my... uh, uh, elder sons, my oldest son's uh, house in, in Hamilton. He just moved there. And, uh, we had hamburgers, right? Yeah. So the ketchup, or, no, uh, mustard. the mustard that comes in the containers, with it looks like it's blocked. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I thought it was, and I turned it toward me <laughs> just and gave it a little squeak. Well, it wasn't blocked. I got <laughs> whole thing of mustard down my shirt. Thwack. It was like... A Laurel and Hardy thing. Yeah. Honest to God, it well, was. Yeah, that's... Have another weenie, Ollie? <laughs> that's you. <laughs> so I've got to make up for it today. I'm going to yes. be extra smooth yes. today, okay? Sophisto. All right. It's a fisto. All righty. <laughs> uh, the phone number's here to the garden show. <laughs> I'll stop you guys Well, now. the Crocs mm-hmm. just don't start it off with the sophisto in mind. I, that's I'll keep all. Them, yeah, I'll keep them hidden. I know oh, my, okay. my toes turn you on. Okay. The uh, <laughs> phone number for Toronto area listeners. Here we go. 416 360 0740 anywhere else in the province it is toll free 1866 740 4740 our mantra we can't forget call early call often one question per call and should you be a first time caller please let James Patrick Dooley who is the producer of the show uh, let him know and you should be welcomed with wind chimes when you join yes, us yes yeah. yes we like there that you go. garden wings are bestowed upon all first time callers with the chimes. Oh, did I mention this Charlie Dobbin yes. who's speaking now? Yes. Yes, yes. It is the garden show after yes, all. Yes, it is. <laughs> that I am the host after all. <laughs> I just let you come along to give the phone numbers. Exactly. And you did your prep beautifully. That was really Well, thank you well very done. much. Well done. Very good. All right. So uh, I will make a couple of announcements. There's not a lot going on in the Hort Societies during July and August. Generally, they um, shut down for the summer. Because, well, they're too busy in the backyard. Well, yeah, you would think. But no, I think it's because the members are lying in the oh. hammock or have gone to the cottage. So it's just one of those things. I guess so many people go away in the summer that Hort no. societies don't do much. But there's a few things going on. Uh, today is the 22nd annual Niagara-on-the-Lake Garden Tour. It's a beautiful day for it. 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. There are nine gardens on the tour. It's only $10 to see all nine gardens. And the best way to get tickets now would be to watch for one of the, the gardens that's on the tour and you can buy a ticket at the gate. Okay. All right. 
Tuesday, this Tuesday, 7.30 p.m., the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society's general meeting is happening. This is the last one before summer. <clears throat> There's a lecture being given by photographer Teresa Fort on how to make memorable photos. Uh, she's quite well known as a, phot- a garden photographer and uh, will have some great things to share, I'm sure. Garden photography is a hard thing to do. I don't know. I imagine you've never tried to do such a thing, but... No, I haven't, actually, no. You're, you're looking at a garden, whether it's your own or yep, somebody yep. else's, and you're seeing something, you're going, God, that's so beautiful, I want to take a picture of it. When you take a picture, it never looks as good as yeah. it did in real life, because there's all the sun and the shadows and the dappling and the wind making things move. So our brains look, you know, deal sure. with all that, but cameras don't. Yeah. <laughs> so. My sister-in-law, Heather, who uh-huh. listens in from Kitchener, uh, she is a marvelous photographer of flowers. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, but one of the only few people I know that does that sort of thing. Well, you know? that's right. No, there's a few out there. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, and certainly close-ups are you know a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Actually, I should show you on my phone. I have great um, peony shots with bees inside the peonies. Really, from a couple of weeks ago. I will show you that later. Uh, okay, so nevertheless, that Just is. Just hold it up close to the mic so everybody can see it. I know. Sorry to <laughs> <laughs> sorry to tell you about something that I can't mm-hmm. actually show you, but it was kind of fun. Uh, however, there we are. So that's this Tuesday. Teresa Fort on how to take memorable photos. Guests, of course, are welcome at the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society meeting. Refreshments are included. Location is Scarborough Village Community Center, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. July 11th. Oh, I mentioned this. And you know what? You were mentioning that your son's new home yes. backs <clears throat> on to the Royal Botanical Gardens. It does. Which is amazing. Lucky oh. him. We should all go visit mm. him. Uh, so it's a huge – RBG is – it's over 100 like – it's, I think it's a couple of hundred acres. It's very, very large. But you should tell him about this. The Moonlight Series, right? Oh. So that's July 11th, yeah. August 10th, September 20th. Those are the dates of the Moonlight Series. So this is um, where you it, you go to RBG. You meet everybody at probably the center. And you experience the splendor of RBG by the light of the moon. Ooh, so it's tours, tours in the dark. Yeah. So it's an, uh, there's the Moonlit Rose tour and uh, an enchanted evening for families. Then there's the Harvest Moon Feast and Garden Party. So that, that's, you know, he should be in, getting involved in that if he's not working that night. Yeah. July 27th, so put this going forward a bit on your calendar, the Greater Toronto Water Garden and Hort Society is offering an amazing water garden tour in Richmond Hill and Thornhill. Uh, the tour is self-guided. Tickets are only $12. supposed to be quite an amazing tour. Every single garden on this tour has some kind of a water feature that's not just like a little bird bath. I mean, these are like yeah. serious water features. Mm. Some have more than one on the property, uh, you know, as many as three water features features. www.onwatergarden.com for more information. Wow, that's good. Okay. whole bunch of information there, and we have questions uh, that will come flying at us. James Patrick Dooley has done an exemplary job of lining up the folks, yes. And uh, we're going to be back to, first of all, talk to Ken in Scarborough after these messages on The Garden Show here at AM740. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, welcoming Ken to the line from Scarborough. Good morning, Ken. Morning. Good morning, Charlie. 
What's going on in your garden? Okay, uh, I'm asking a question on behalf of my wife. Uh, she couldn't be here this morning because she's helping out at the Lawn Bowling Green, where we have a beautiful green, by the way, at the Agent Court Club. Nice. little plug for it. Uh-huh. Sure. It's okay. Uh, anyways, we'll send you the, the bill for that. The regarding her ornamental poppy. Uh-huh. And uh, it says here, it did not bloom this year. It's an old plant, and it looks like it is split into, into an old and a new plant. I also had a rabbit nibbling on it this spring. Uh, this is the first year it is, that, that it has not bloomed. Uh, will it come back next year with blooms, or should I replace it? Or, or what can I do to ensure it blooms next June? I fertilized with miracle Grow Shaker. And that's the message. Hmm. So lots of leaves, no blooms. Mm-hmm. Sounds like, and but it sounds like also another. It's expanding. the The whole uh, clump of poppies is getting bigger. Right. What can you do to ensure it will bloom? I think what your wife has done so far is the right thing. She's fed it, which is always important. Um, make sure it's getting lots of good sun and air circulation, regardless of whether it bloomed or not. Right. And um, I think that it's been an in- it's, this has been an interesting gardening year. I mean, every year is interesting, but this one's been even more interesting because of the kind of winter we had. Whether it's the long period of se- severe cold or the high levels of snow or the depth of the ice. We've seen a lot of plants doing things they've never done before. So I would not be overly concerned in terms of what it's done this spring or summer and just, yeah, carry on and, and assume it's going to bloom next year. I'm sure it will. Um, okay. But I, I don't think there's anything, like I said, that you could do to absolutely guarantee it will bloom, other than the kind of TLC it sounds like she is doing. That's great. Okay. Thank you very much, Shirley. Thanks, Ken. Oh, by the way, Ken, uh, if you'll stay on the line and give your uh, uh, address to uh, our, our fine producer, <laughs> we're going to be sending you a bill for that plug for the Asian Court lawn bowling. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. Oh, no, I'm I, I swear to you, it is the finest green in Toronto. Well, now you're going to get double billed for that, you see? <laughs> you just keep getting in trouble with this. Frank's going to come out and <laughs> yeah. check it out. Okay, thanks so much, Ken. <laughs> Thank Pleasure you. Pleasure to have you with us. And let's uh, head uh, a little bit north now to Barry, and Delane is there. Good morning, Delane. Good morning to the two of you, and I'm so grateful for your program. You're such a helping hand. Oh, thank you. I need to know what to do with my rhubarb. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, like, right now it's gone very woody, and I'm just wondering, do you pull all the old stalks off, or how do you look after well, that? Well, most, okay, so it's flowering right now? Is it popped a flower in the center? No, no, it's it's uh, they've, the the rhubarb has all gone kind of dormant, mm. and and the stalks are very woody. I noticed when I was trying to save them. Right. Well, I mean, the thing with rhubarb, it is a really a spring crop, right? It's not something that we can keep harvesting rhubarb throughout the summer because they do right. get tough and woody. Those those leaves. Generally, I leave my rhubarb alone. I mean, I will sometimes take the flower off just to stop it from that bolting action where it does that big takeover. And, I mean, if it's getting too big or it's not – if it's unsightly, you can always remove some of the lower leaves. But do allow it to remain as a green plant and continue to photosynthesize, et cetera, throughout the summer. But don't plan to harvest any per se. So should you you just pull them out or should you just cut them off? I would cut them off. 
Okay, great. Okay. So thank you so much for your help. Have a great day, you two. Thank you. Bye-bye. Always welcome here at the Garden Show from AM740, Zoomer Radio. Uh, You know, we should take a little bit of a break here. We're just Mm -hmm. coming up to our next little break, and we're going to start out with a little mini exercise. Start at it slow this morning. Yes, good idea. I'm just going to do my... Four finger bend. Oh, two, two, four uh, finger. Four He's fingers, got four yeah. fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, that's true. I that got is two true. Thumbs. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm exercising. Okay. You tell folks I'm just I'm wondering why, but okay. I guess he's exercising because he's smiling while he's doing it. I am. Because if he's doing some pain-free exercising, those joints don't hurt at no all. No ouch at all here. No, no, that's very good. And that's because Frank and I both take something called Sierra Sil, completely natural mineral supplement, which somehow magically just makes joints work more smoothly than they would otherwise. It might work for you. The uh, If it doesn't work out, you'll know within 14 days that this has not worked guaranteed money back so give the people a call if you'd like to ask some questions 1-877-JOINT-14 check them on the web sierrasill.ca or pick up Sierra Sill at many of your local health food stores S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L Don't change the radio station just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, I'm delighted to uh, welcome to the line uh, Sylvia from Guelph. Uh, you're just about to break up a Donnybrook that's almost occurring here. Charlie and I uh, <laughs> ruminating back to that rhubarb call. I love rhubarb pie. and I've never heard of such a thing. I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah, rhubarb, yeah. Look <laughs> you. Well, <laughs> you're you making me. <laughs> yeah. But rhubarb pie, no, not strawberry rhubarb, just rhubarb pie. No, yeah. weird. What rhubarb yeah. crumble? You see, James agrees with me. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there let's you are. Fi- let's find out where Sylvia lands on this <laughs> important question. <laughs> Sylvia, do you think there is such a thing as a rhubarb pie? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, there you <laughs> I go. Love it. No, there you go. And Sylvia loves it too. All right, I'm out. I'm totally outvoted here. <laughs> Morning, Sylvia. Good morning. I love your sense of humor, you two. You're just great. And uh, I wanted to ask you, I planted a black-eyed Susan this year for the first time, and uh, it was beautiful and healthy, and it's full of buds and a couple of blooms. Mm -hmm. But every um, two or three days, I look down, and it's all drooped like it's crying, uh, and I think it's died on me, so I go quickly down and water it, and it comes back. But I'm wondering if I'm doing something wrong uh, it said to put it in full sun, which it is, yes. and the plants all around it, I have peonies and daisies, and they're fine, but it seems to need an awful lot of water. So, What size pot was it in when you bought it? Uh, it was in um, a large pot, say about um, 16 inches, maybe. Oh, wow, yeah, so it was a large. So when you planted it, of course, you took that entire root ball and planted all of that. Yes. Dug a, a hole big enough to take all that. Yes. I would. I'm going to assume that what's going on is just that it's a brand new plant in a brand new location. So it's not established yet. The roots have not, um, you know, done any growing yet outside of the original root ball. So with the heat, and we certainly have had some super hot days. Uh, perhaps is your soil particularly well drained? Is it fairly sandy soil? Uh, it's kind of uh, clay soil, but we we've, we've put you know different soil down yeah. there and that. I'm wondering if maybe I should. Dig it up and loosen the 
the root ball. When you took it out of the pot, was it was it like a real bound up yes. bunch of roots? Yes, it mm. was. Yes, you should, because uh, what? Yeah, when roots start going inside the pot in a circle and spiraling inside, they are, the roots will not typically grow out of that shape once they've started that pot shape and they're in the shape of the pot. All right. uh, so that's why it is important to, yeah, you might want to do that. Um, you could, you know, do it earlier, late in the day. I wouldn't do it at high noon if you can avoid it. Okay. But yeah, just dig it up. And with your fingers, just gently loosen the that mass of roots. If necessary, even use a knife and cut some of those roots. And oh, that, okay. that will stimulate new root growth. The Great. other thing you could do is use a, a plant starter fertilizer. So, yeah, I tried that. Okay, good. So, and but don't do any other fertilizing. Just like a transplant fertilizer, it's usually a five fifteen five, so a little bit higher in the phosphorus. Again, just to stimulate root growth. Yeah, I, I heard you mention that, so I went out and got some of that. So okay, I shouldn't be putting Miracle Grow on no, it then. No, next year. Okay. Yeah, when we first plant any plant, any perennial plant, it's important that we put it into a good soil, give it the right conditions that it wants, and if we're going to fertilize at all, it's just a transplant or fertilizer. Next year, we can, you know, step up with the regular miracle grows and, and those kinds of fertilizers. Okay, so it won't hurt to dig it up and then no. replant it? No, not at all. Okay, all wonderful. right. Well, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining us. Sylvia, nice to have you calling in from Guelph. One of uh, my favorite little cities Me in the too. province. Yeah, it's a gorgeous. Place. I spent many years in Guelph. Did yeah? Was that by choice or? <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking about that prison that used yeah, to be oh, there. Is gee, there, that where you, you were going? My, you read my mind. <laughs> it was actually right across the street <laughs> from where I lived. You know what I love <clears throat> doing about this show is welcoming new callers mm-hmm. to the show, and that's the case now. When I, <clears throat> we check in with Bob in Scarborough, and Bob, you have earned the wind chimes for first-time callers. Here they come. Ah, oh, there you are. Welcome to the show, Bob. Hello. Morning, Bob. Hi. Yes, go ahead. Um, I have a savin juniper. Mm-hmm. It's out the front uh, and facing east. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the storm, uh, during the uh, winter storm there, um, evidently something happened. I hear there was a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, fir trees that were damaged. Now, mine is half brown and half green. Mm-hmm. So where's the half that's brown? Is it is it towards the house or is it underneath or is it no, literally? It's, uh, on the top. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's to the right side of the plant mm-hmm. or the south. Mm-hmm. And there is green all mixed in with it mm-hmm. and then the uh, then the left side is is all um green mm-hmm. one side sort of green the other one's uh and through it is all brown. Okay, so very good description. And what you're describing is classic of, of uh, what we saw on a number of the evergreens this spring. So what happened, of course, is winter hit, the ground froze, but the ground stayed frozen for such a long period of time that many of the evergreens really suffered once the snow had started to melt away and the sun, of course, that sun gets pretty intense by February and March, was starting to shine quite intensely on occasion. The plants could not get any moisture out of the ground because the ground was frozen, and they desiccated or dehydrated in that sun and wind. So it is the south and the southwest side of many of the evergreens that we saw a lot of browning and death of the that 
uh, those parts of the plants. So your best, you have two, a uh, couple of options. Is it a very old plant? Has it been there for a yes, long Yes, it's been, a, been in the ground an awful long time, and it's very big. Yeah, so it'll be very big. Uh, all right, so replacing is an option. I mean, it's a big job to replace, but remember that no plant particularly in the foundation of our home, those foundation gardens, generally speaking, those plants don't last forever. 20, 25 years is is generally the the best time to be considering replacing some of your foundation plants if they have not been kept in check in terms of pruning and maintenance and fertilizing because they stop doing your house any favors. You know, they stop looking good. Just like we paint our dining rooms every five or ten years, we need to really think about our, our landscapes every 20, 25 years. So can, I would consider replacing it. The other thing is good sharp pruners and loppers. Put on your, your prickle-proof clothing, you know, long sleeves, etc., and get out there and start pruning out the brown. Will it grow back in those spots? It's not like, junipers aren't like a U. They will not necessarily sprout new growth from uh, dead areas. Um, what we hope usually is that the plant will o- like overgrow the dead, meaning that the dead will be masqueraded or masked by the new growth. That's the challenge. When it's a whole half of a plant, there's not a lot of growth likely to happen there. Mm. Doesn't sound very good, does it? No. No, it doesn't. I mean, it's hard to... It's it, Junipers are tough. We see it all the time, even without that kind of a winter, where half of an upright juniper is dead, and it's the half that's between the plant and the wall of the house. So no sun back there. No, it's, uh, it's green there. Yeah, yeah. So you, that hasn't been your problem at all. No, it's, it's literally the sun and the wind that has caused that problem this past winter. So, I mean, it would be worth, if you want to give it a try, cut out all that brown. Hopefully you have fertilized or top-dressed that garden to make sure that the plant is as healthy healthy and happy as possible, and growing some new growth to cover some of those cuts that you're going to make. Well, they're going to be awful. <laughs> in fact, people will wonder what I'm doing. <laughs> well, sometimes people will say, okay, maybe it's time to make this into a sculpture. You know, think about turning it into like a, a pom-pom plant or, you know, something <laughs> where, because that, that sometimes that's, or, you know, pretty big to start bonsaiing, but you know what I mean? Sometimes that's the best way to go is... Make lemonade from lemons. Yeah. Does it look like, a, say, a penguin? Or a penguin, a... yes. <laughs> right I now have... it looks like a big ball, and half of it is brown, brown. the other's half is green. So we oh, can boy. make it into mm. a moon, a half moon. Well, I have a duck. I have a rubber duck, actually, in my front yard, which is a... Doesn't a that u- sound appropriate? A, a u, uh, yeah. It's a U that I got bored of it being just a round ball, and I've turned it into a duck. So, mm. you, know, the, you know, there are options. <laughs> well, good luck. It sounds like you've got a few decisions to make before you really or, go ahead. Or just replace. <clears throat> just, yeah. yeah. Get it get it taken out and get it replaced is another Well, option. maybe Frank would come up and uh, dig it out. And... <laughs> well, if you've got cold beer in the fridge, I'm, I'm awful tempted, I tell you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bob. Good luck with that. Okay. First time caller there. Uh, that's, that's nice from Scarborough. Uh, one of the important little points that you brought up in that conversation, Charlie, yes. and is going to be very helpful me to me in the future, is prickle-proof clothing. That's what I'm going to wear now to do the garden show. 
because you can fire some barbs at me. Pretty, now look at you get ready to kick me. What? You, I, you always deserve it. Yeah. Every barb I've ever sent your way has been completely well, appropriate. All right, I accept it. Lori from Newcastle. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you guys this morning? Good. Good morning. Charlie, I have a question regarding my ivory silk lilac. Mm-hmm. It's not blooming. Oh. Hmm. I have about three feet of growth on the top. And it's very green, but there's no flowers on it. And you don't see any evidence of any buds on the no, tips? nothing. Strange. Do you think um, the frost or the freezing that we had in the winter? Except that the the um, flowers and the ivory silks are uh, grow on new growth. So it's not something that the flower buds form in the fall. Okay, uh, so well, it wouldn't have been that. You know, the, the tree shape is sort of round, mm-hmm. but at the top... There's got to be three feet of new growth. So it sounds like it's really pushing a lot of growth. Yeah. I mean, but there it, isn't a bud on it. And yeah. I've seen other ones that are in bloom. Well, I was going to say, certainly I have as well. They're pretty much in full bloom everywhere. I've seen them. In, you're in Newcastle. You know what? It could just be another one of those vagaries of what happened this year after mm-hmm. what a crazy winter. I mean, sometimes, remember as well, no, no plant or it's a rare plant that blooms profusely every year we often see when a plant has a big blooming year the next year it'll have a lot you know it's an up down thing the big bloom year low bloom year so it could be that the plant just put so much energy into flowering last year that this year it's just putting all its energy into leaves yeah you know like i wouldn't i wouldn't be overly concerned about it 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 will bloom again but it is interesting that that would be happening because yeah or it might just end up blooming a bit late have you fertilized the plant no no okay good yeah i wouldn't if you're seeing that much new growth, I wouldn't fertilize it. Well, you mentioned uh, on a previous show about um, uh, supports, you know, binding around the tree mm-hmm. that you should remove them. Yeah. Now on this li- uh, on this tree, mm-hmm. I still have the bamboo pole attached to it. From and how this much- tree's about three years old, but I'm in such a windy area. Um, I was a little nervous about taking it off. Okay. Not that a thin piece of bamboo is no. going to support it. I was going to say it's probably rotted through by now anyway at ground level. So yeah. if I were you, I would remove the bamboo pole yeah. and um, and allow – like watch the, watch how tall is the tree? Oh, gosh. It must be 10 feet tall by yeah. now. Yeah. So, yeah, the bamboo pole is not doing anything. And make sure there is no constricting, you know, um, wires or, or anything like that around the stem of the plant. Yeah. Um, and frankly, I mean, if you do want to unstake as soon as possible. Uh, one year is typically one, one and a half years is maximum for staking trees. Yeah. Because <clears throat> they need to move in the wind. The well, more they bend and, and sway in the wind, yeah. the stronger and, and uh, thicker the stems will become. Well, I did have rabbits, and they were chewing uh, on the bottom. Mm-hmm. So I put a, a large piece of black plastic tubing, you know, mm-hmm. to keep them away from uh, the bottom of the tree and, and to keep the weed whipper off of it as well. Right. But, I mean, that's really got a lot of room around it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that would make a difference, would it? Well, it's heating things up because remember what happens when the sun uh, – 
beats down onto black things. The black absorbs all that heat and, and obviously shares that heat with the tree. So you could have some unnecessary heating going on down there. The, what I would do is I would definitely use that black plastic thing in the winter because that will protect the trunk from mice and voles and rabbits and all kinds of little varmints that can chew on bark of trees. At this time of year, though, I wouldn't, a rabbit would never choose to chew the bark of a tree when it's got so many other wonderful things to chew on. Yeah. Right? That's really a winter protection, the, the black plastic. But then, as you point out, there's the whippersnipper problem. What I would do is I'd dig out the, you know, dig out all that turf around the, plant, around the base of the tree, uh-huh. make a nice round garden, at least a meter across, uh, get the turf out, get some amended soil, you know, some good topsoil back in so that you're back at the right grade. You could put some mulch in there. You could plant a you know, few little flowers if you wanted. And that way, you, no issues with the whippersnipper. And then right. just remember every fall, get the black uh, uh, protector guard barrier back in place for the winter. Okay. okay. So you think it'll bloom next year? I do. I yeah. do. Yep. But, uh, but, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that black, that when you say three feet of growth, that does, it sounds a bit funny. Like, ivory silks grow pretty quick, but they don't normally grow quite that quick. Yeah. It might be just because of the heat buildup that's happening at the base. Well, last year, I mean, it was in beautiful bloom mm. and very fragrant. They are, they're great trees. Yeah. And I, this year, I thought, well, gee, there's <laughs> lots of growth on the top, yeah. but there isn't a bud on it. Well, patience, patience, patience. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. All right. Thanks, All right, Lori. Thank Have a great day, and thank you for joining us here at AM 740, The Garden Show with Charlie Dobb, and I'm Frank Proctor. Here are the phone numbers. Uh, we do have a free line right now, 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And we're uh, going to, in a couple of moments, talk to... Not one, but two first-time callers. We're getting a lot of first-time callers, mm-hmm. which is great. Great. Um, a little reminder of uh, one of our fine sponsors on the show is Sierra Sill. It makes us feel really great, and Charlie Dobbin will tell you why. Well, what I can tell you is that whether it's improved comfort in your daily routines, easier recovery from uh, exercise, or the freedom to maintain your favorite activities, Sierra Sill... Uh, I can't even read this. <laughs> offers health you can feel. There you go. Sierra Sil, that's a good line. Offers health you can feel. Uh, completely natural mineral supplement. Both Frank and I take a daily, three little pills, lots of water, and we maintain our daily activities pain-free. For more information, give them a call, one joint 14 Check them on the web, sierrasil.ca. Or pick up Sierra Sill at many health food stores. Let me help you spell it. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef, Frank Proctor, welcoming to well, the next three callers, as a matter of fact. Yes. All first-time callers. Very exciting. So let's get the wind chimes a-rolling here, James. A chiming. A chiming, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's for you, Carolyn, there in Sutton. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning to both of you. Thank you. Uh, Charlie, I bought a, a, um, a planter last fall with mums in it mm-hmm. and fountain grass. Mm-hmm. And uh, when... Later in the fall, I just threw it in the garage. And this spring, I pulled it out and took the fountain grass out and waited to see. And the mums have come up. Mm-hmm. So I put another uh, purple fountain grass in it, and it's doing really well. 
What I want to know is, do I wait till the buds come on and pinch it back, or do I have to cut it back now to get my bloom in the fall? Great question, actually. The reason we pinch our mums or we do any kind of pruning to the mums uh, is because they tend to get very tall and end up with a single flower on the end of that single stem, and they're not really good-looking plants. So you're a little bit late. should have done this like two weeks ago, but mid-June is sort of optimal to go through and cut your mums right down to half the height that they are as of two weeks ago. So by doing that, then you get branching. The plants are shorter. They're more compact, more dense, and you'll have way more flowers come fall. So you can still do it now, but it will delay the flowering. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, that's fine. This is the first time trying, so yeah. I thought I haven't got nothing to lose. Well, that's right. So with any of our late-blooming plants, like sedum is a good example, as just like the mums. Um, asters can be the same. I just did this on my Russian sage the other day. They get too tall. They start taking over the garden, or they, you know, they start flopping they all over. So mid-June, cut them down to half height. Okay, great. All right. Thanks for your call. Thank you very much. Thank you, Carolyn. And, uh, you know, uh, we have a little system of communication with the <laughs> studio. And James Patrick Dilley's writes, writes little notes about, uh-huh. you know, various things. And when that call came up about pinching your mums, uh-huh. he said, no comment, Frank. <laughs> yes, that's you know, right. Because he knew don't, where I was heading. Yeah, don't go anywhere with that yeah. one, Frank. Because well, okay. Pinching the mums. No, no pinching of mums. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Thornhill, another first-time caller. Uh, let's welcome uh, this person to the phone, and that would be Linda. Morning, Linda. Hey, Charlie. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Long time no chat. Yes, love your show and, and, of course, everything you've done throughout your career. Oh, thank you very much. Especially our old White Rose days where we worked together on the guide. Yes, we did. Linda is a graphic designer. She's amazing what she does. And she used to um, put together the magazine that we produced once a year. Oh, guide. At, I thought you said guide. guys. Like, the guide. Worked together on the guide. Woo! Wait a minute. What? Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> So my question is, yeah. uh, we just moved condos oh, from you? the okay. third floor to the first floor, okay. where I've inherited um, from from going from outdoor space to having a, an actual garden. Mm-hmm. So I inherited the previous owner's garden, mm-hmm. and it's it's small, but it's got a lot of established plants happening in it. Mm-hmm. And I have that same old question, uh, what is a weed? (laughs) What is a plant? (laughs) Oh, excellent. Well, you know what? This is perfect. What you need to do is hire me to come to your condo and identify what's a weed and what's a plant. Okay. I'm available. <laughs> or, can I, or can I bribe you with a dinner instead? <laughs> okay, okay. In your case, you can bribe me with a dinner. <laughs> but everybody else has to hire me. <laughs> yeah, because some of these yeah. weeds are, are looking exactly like actual plants, if I can recall. Well, that's right. It's been a really good year for the weeds, particularly the last few weeks. We had you know enough rain that the weeds are well-established and the seeds have all germinated. And then with the heat, I'm finding that the, the weeds are just, yeah, I spent several hours yesterday wandering my garden pulling weeds wherever i went and there's still lots to pull so right. uh, yeah happy to come and uh, and help you with that okay great thanks for your call nice okay, to hear you move too uh, let's talk again soon okay hey, linda <laughs> make sure you bring along a bottle of wine or you supply a bottle of wine oh, along with that sure. dinner or okay. two <laughs> or two bye now you're listening to the garden show from am 740 as we broadcast live from the zoomerplex in liberty village on a beautiful saturday morning let's welcome to the line pat from newmarket there's the chimes for another first time caller hi pat Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Um, we have what I think is a Siberian weeping pea, mm-hmm. is what someone told me. Okay. 
And um, it's about 12 feet tall, I guess, and the wind blew it so that all the branches are touching the ground, but it didn't snap it. So I'm thinking we have to, what, cut it right back and let it start again? Or mm. So is the stem still upright, standing upright? I'm sorry? Is the main stem still standing upright? No. No. It, it, well, it's on a bend like an arc. Oh, so, yeah, but so it's it, not like a lean. It's actually just bent over. Yeah, but it didn't break it. Well, certainly by cutting back this, the branches mm-hmm. uh, by at the most a third, as like now, okay. will lighten the load on that, that bent over plant. Okay. Will it stand upright again? By doing that, probably not. You may want to gently coerce it into an upright position with some guy lines. So, um, you know, piece of hose... You know, a one-foot piece of hose with rope or string through it. Uh, that Then the hose, of course, is wrapped, if you will, around the top of the plant. And then your line, your rope line, just like a tent. You know, when we set up tents and we bring the, you know, pull the, the rope over, mm-hmm. you're going to gently try and, you know, run some ropes uh, on the opposite side, obviously, where that bend is, and try and get it to stand up. Okay. Uh, now, is that what it is, if I describe it? It's uh, got little yellow flowers in the spring and pea pods right now. Yep, and it's got green bark. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a carragana is the proper name. It is a member of the pea family. And as you point out, it's little pea pods. That's what you get after those yellow flowers. Lovely mm-hmm. plants, very, very hardy um, mm-hmm. and interesting, you know, with their green bark in the winter, etc. But um, I can only imagine it's just got too top heavy. And then okay. whether it was probably the ice is, you know, there was a weight of ice on it. Yeah, so, well, it looks like a tree now. Well, that's right. I mean, they are typically grown as a tree. I mean, it sounds like it's quite a large, like it's an old one. It's got, you know, it's quite a substantial size by the yeah. sound of it. Because mm-hmm. when, when we see them, typically the weeping plants, they usually don't go more than about five to six feet tall. But oh. then, of course, those long weeping branches can weep right down to the ground okay. uh, and do need to be trimmed up. So, but it's July, so that's why you don't want to do you, any pruning we do now. We prune out any dead wood with no issues. But pruning okay. live wood in the heat of July is hard on plants. So, mm-hmm. the most you would do is remove a third. Okay. Okay. And Thank then you, very much. you can always do more modifying in September, October, or yeah. next spring. Okay. Thank right. you. Thanks Very good. Call. Thank right. you, Pat, for uh, joining us here on The Garden Show. And uh, we'll return to our callers in just a moment. We have to take a little bit of a commercial break, but shall return and uh, get an update from one of our listeners. Mary is waiting on the line to talk to you, Charlie, so we'll uh, complete that call momentarily. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. <laughs> Charlie and I are doing a bit of choreography to the music yes, today. It's sort of nuts, you know. Synchro uh, you know dancing. It is? It's such a good feeling the summertime. I think, yeah. that sun coming Energy. in. Mm-hmm. Well, Mary in Mississauga, let's bring you in on the fun and the frivolity here on the show. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Morning. I'm calling about the um, ivory silk uh, mm. lilac problem. Yeah. Uh, I have a tree that's three years old. I bought it at Sheridan, so it had a two-year warranty. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a beautiful green tree, mm-hmm. and it has never blossomed. Oh, it's never blossomed? Nope. 
Well, it was in blossom when it was planted, mm. um, but it has never blossomed since. Huh. Okay. So what happened was uh, it is dug around with dirt around the base of the tree and mulch and everything, so it's not right. Uh, I mean, it is in the lawn, but uh-huh. it's got a, you know, it's got dirt uh, around uh, it. Yeah. Okay. And um, <clears throat> a couple of weeks, well, maybe a month ago or so, you mentioned something about um, when people do lawn fertilizer mm-hmm. um, and it gets on your plants that are supposed to flower, mm-hmm. it doesn't have the high middle number for flowering. Right. So... This year, uh, of course, my husband is just wonderfully, you know, aggressive at putting the spring fertilizer <laughs> and then okay, the yeah. early summer fertilizer and everything. And I'm thinking that was the problem. Mm-hmm. So in about June, I started uh, every week, I put um, some high uh, middle number fertilizer on it. Mm-hmm. And I have three blossoms at oh. the very top. And of course, it, like it's a beautiful tree. It's got lovely new growth everywhere, and the only place there's three blossoms is at the very top. Well, but at least I have one. <laughs> well, well, so that's great because, um, you know, you're absolutely right. It is true that lawn fertilizers are all about the nitrogen, which is mm-hmm. the first number in the three numbers that we see on fertilizers. Because when we're growing our lawns, we crank the nitrogen to crank green growth, green right. leaves, green stems. And if our flowering plants get hit with lawn fertilizer, they often stay very green. <laughs> yeah. Masses of green. green. And beautiful yeah. growth. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, just now at okay. the very top, in the last week or so, I've got three blossoms. You're seeing some buds and blossoms. Okay, so that's great. And maybe that's really a, a, a point to remember next spring. And hopefully, of course, um, who was it who called? Lori. It was Lori. Thank you, from Newcastle. Hopefully she's still listening. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that happened at her, at her in her situation as well because it sounded like lawn was right up to the trunk in her place. But yeah. but maybe where, what you could do is it, when your husband pulls out the, the fertilizer <laughs> and the spreader next spring, you'll get out there before him and protect the, the base of that plant from that fertilizer arriving, with, even if it's just laying some newspaper down uh, while he's doing, oh, okay. you know, just so that, you know, the fertilizer will land on the newspaper, but then you can, you know, flip it back onto the lawn right. and try and keep it away from the plant. Well, good good idea. It might make a difference. Yes. Okay. Yes. Great. Good. Okay, thank well, you. thanks for the update. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, let's uh, welcome Shirley in from Fenland Falls, one of my favorite places. Di and I used to have a cottage just downriver mm-hmm. of the falls before Sturgeon Lake. So, uh, Shirley, welcome to the show. A first-time caller. Yes, good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a weed in my lawn. Mm-hmm. It looks like um, a small geranium leaf, mm-hmm. and it's taken over my whole lawn, and I don't really know what to do to get rid of it. It, it just is very invasive. Mm-hmm. It's not, definitely not violets, is it? You know, violets have a little green heart-shaped leaf, and they can definitely take over a lawn. Yeah, no, this isn't a heart shape. It's more like, you know, a geranium yeah, leaf, that sort yeah. of... crinkly. There's something called pigweed. It could be that. Either, it doesn't really matter what it is. Main thing is, is that, like you say, it's invasive and it's taking over. Right. What can you do? How big is your lawn? Is it really big? Oh, it, it's quite big, and it's in two levels, and it's actually starting to go down on the second level. We're right on the lake. Mm. Hmm. So, <clears throat> if if hand weeding, hand pulling is not an option because it's just too much lawn, exactly. then uh, there is something out there called Weed Be Gone. Yeah, I and tried that. You did try that. You followed the instructions, and what happened? Nothing? Nothing. No, no difference whatsoever. And when did you try it, the Weed Be Gone? Oh, like recently? It was about a month ago. Oh. I even phoned the weed man, and they said that they really couldn't do anything with it. 
Hmm. I just wondered if yeah. I could send it somewhere to have it, have them look at it to see if you know if I have to dig up the lawn or. Um, could you take a photograph? You could email it to me. Oh, okay. I could do that. Yeah, do a, just take a photo, and then I can identify it for you. Okay. Um, honestly, it, it, when it comes to invasive weeds like that, if there's no chemicals, which there often aren't anymore, right. and hand, you know, mechanically hand pulling isn't an option because it's just too much, right. then it comes down to the plastic solarization where we just cover the lawn with dark plastic, uh, ensure that the plastic is right down close to the ground, no light is getting underneath, right. and the sun beats down and heats up, obviously, the plastic and right through, and whatever's under there uh, bakes. And it oh, does take six to eight weeks. All the worms and stuff will get out because they can and the weeds can't and they die. But then, you know, you still have to get back in there and replant the lawn afterwards. Okay. Okay. So, but, but feel free to send me a photograph and Frank will give you, maybe do my email address uh, once you get off the phone. Okay, that's wonderful. All right. Thank, thank you so much. Thanks for your oh, call. Oh, thanks for calling, Shirley. Thank you. Okay. Boy, we've, we've had a ton of calls. We, I, I don't know if we've got time for another call as yet, but... Well, here, uh, give my me, email address just okay. in case Shirley doesn't have sure. it. Sure. What we want to do is get in touch with Charlie Dobbin via email and here's the address. Okay. C dot Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, right. at mzmedia dot com. Okay? Okay. Yeah. Mzmedia. And I'll just send a picture um, yep. Yep. over the uh, email? Yep, yep. exactly. Just email attach a photograph. You'll, when you get to your email and you send me and, right. you know, set up the email, then just attach a photo and send that and I will take a look and get back to you. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Shirley. You too. Same to you. And, you know, we're going to have to uh, leave a a caller dangling, as they say. Marion in Simcoe uh, was a first-time caller, too, darn it. But please call back early next week, Marion, so we can be sure to get you on there, okay? That's why we say call early. Call Call often. often. Blah, blah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Blah, blah. Uh, Anyway, hey, it's been – and even even James Patrick Dooley has made a comment here. Nice diversity in the questions Mm -hmm. today. Absolutely true. Yeah. They were all over the board. All over the board and all over Ontario people have called from. So great to hear from so many people and things going on in their gardens. Yeah, so everybody got my email, email c.dobbin at mzmedia.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Charlie Dobbin. do lots of garden tips through mm-hmm. my Twitter account uh, in terms of what I'm doing in my garden or what I'm seeing and what's up. Um, Japanese beetles, everybody be on the lookout because oh. the Japanese beetles have just started to emerge. And, uh, of course, they're a shiny, coppery-looking, but a quarter of an inch long beetle that devastates many plants in our Let's gardens. Let's talk next week how to get rid of them or protect. There ain't no, no way. way to get rid of them oh, or protect. Dear. It's all about pick. Pick and squish, pick and squish, pick and squish. Okay. (laughs) We leave you with that that charming thought. Thank you once again for the macabre side of gardening. Oh, my Mm. pleasure. I'm going to bring you one next week. I'll probably find one by then. James Patrick, thank you. Thank you, James. Thanks, Frank. Thanks to our callers. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.